Greetings and welcome to another installment of Capital Report, a spinoff of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Episodes are available for streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. You can also send questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Louise Lucas, a history-making trailblazer who has represented Portsmouth and portions of southeastern Virginia in the Virginia Senate for nearly three decades, and who this year became the first African-American person and first woman to hold the key leadership position of President Pro Tem in the Senate of Virginia, which is a part of the oldest continuous legislative body in the Western Hemisphere. During this conversation, we'll discuss Senator Lucas's illustrious and varied career and her outlook on the 2020 Virginia General Assembly session as it relates to health care legislation and other public policy considerations. So with that, welcome to the program, Senator Lucas. Thank you so much, Julian. It's always, always such a pleasure to be able to communicate with you, whether it's via this podcast or whether we're talking in person or by phone. Uh, I enjoy your conversations very much. And I enjoy the pleasure of your company as well. So to start with, let me wish you happy Founders Day. We're recording this in mid-January, and Senator Lucas is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, which is a traditional African-American women's sorority, which was founded on January 13th, 1913. Thank you for that shout out. I really appreciate it. I had just served or just celebrated my 40th year as a member of the Course One Alumni Chapter, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. That's fantastic. And we're going to talk about a lot of the milestones that you've hit in your career during this brief conversation. And and uh, just to share with our audience, uh, Senator Lucas is conversing with us uh, while she's waiting for a bill of hers to come up in committee. So we really appreciate you squeezing in some time. And so with that, let's get to business. I'd like to start our conversation by sharing an anecdote with you, Senator Lucas. When we prepare for new podcast episodes, we conduct research to help frame questions and inform interviews. And Senator Lucas, you and I have known each other for many years. However, absolutely, a, a young woman that's on our team who helped with the research for this episode, she's less familiar with with you, Senator, and with your biography. And so I asked her to do a little bit of research. And after she did some research, she came up to me and said, in effect, Louise Lucas is fierce. She didn't actually use the word fierce. She used a different term <laughs> that we can't say here. And the initials are B and A. But I agreed with her. And I told her, I said, on top of all that, I said, her fashion sense is always impeccable and perfectly color coordinated. And so that flattery aside, just want to give our audience a little bit of a history on Senator Lucas. You've traveled a unique career path, beginning as the first woman ship fitter in the Norfolk Naval Yard. Uh, in 1984, Senator Lucas became the first African-American woman to serve on Portsmouth City Council. She's one of the most senior members of the Virginia Senate, having been elected in 1992. Senator Lucas ran for Congress in 2001. She's been a business owner who serves clients with intellectual and developmental disabilities, a college professor. And as I mentioned in the 2020 General Assembly session, she is the Senate President Pro Tem and Chairwoman of the Education and Health Committee. And while your career is far from over, I wonder, Senator Lucas, as you think back, what stands out to you about all that you've accomplished? Well, I think what stands out the most, the thing that I think is the most consequential was us getting 
Medicaid expansion passed in the General Assembly. I have introduced several bills all throughout the years that I thought were going to be like my signature legislation. But honestly, I have to rethink that now and just to realize that what we've done in terms of providing health care coverage for people in Virginia is probably the most consequential piece of legislation that I have participated in. And we're actually going to hit Medicaid expansion a little bit later in this conversation, so that's a nice setup. As I mentioned, you've worked professionally in healthcare by serving clients with disabilities, and you were among the strongest advocates for Medicaid expansion, which you just brought up. And this year, you're the chairwoman of the Senate Education and Health Committee. This is not your first time as chairwoman of the committee, but with Democratic majorities now in the 2020 session, uh, you've been elevated to that position again. And the Education and Health Committee considers many of the health care policy bills that work their way through the General Assembly, including uh, a lot of issues that are uh, of concern to the hospital and healthcare community, whether it's solving balanced billing and protecting patients from that, or certificate of public need, or behavioral health redesign, and so much more. And so I wonder, Senator, with the flood of bills that are coming your way as chairwoman of the Education and Health Committee, what are some of the key healthcare issues on the agenda this year that you're paying attention to? Well, I think you've just named a few of them. As a matter of fact, balanced billing and surprise uh, billing has been two of the standouts for this year. But just on yesterday, I realized that there are, I think, better than a half a dozen still PM bills that have to be heard this year. So I had to go on and set up a subcommittee to deal with those issues. And, of course, I have returning three people who have previously served on the COPN subcommittee. And so beginning next week, we will have bills that will be referred to that committee, and we can start hearing those bills. Because, as you know, This has been an ongoing issue that has been of significance for the hospital association. And so we want to try best we can to try to come forward with something that's going to be palatable to the hospitals this year. So that's going to be one of the standout issues uh, of the things that we're going to have to deal with in the legislature this year. And, of course, as you know, for Senate Education and Health, the governor has included in his budget funding that's going to take care of early childhood education. And we have a lot of issues dealing with how we're going to move forward in terms of funding for HBCUs. And so there's just a whole host of bills that have been near and dear to my heart throughout the years. And it appears that with the composition of the House and the Senate for this 2020 session, that we're going to be able to get a lot of those bills passed this year. And so I'm extremely excited about that and feel more energized than ever before that we have this opportunity to do some good work for the good people that are coming with Virginia. Well, it sounds like a full docket and certainly appreciate your experience with these issues. You're not new to these issues. And so that experience is invaluable when we're in a 60-day session and there are a lot of weighty policy proposals related to education, related to health care. A few moments ago, we referenced Medicaid expansion and you characterized that as perhaps the most consequential thing that you've done during your tenure in the General Assembly. You were one of the vigorous advocates in support of increasing health care coverage access in Virginia. And so far, uh, more than 370,000 Virginians have enrolled in coverage. And that includes more than 8,000 people in Portsmouth and across your district and the communities that overlap your district, more than 32,000 people have enrolled in Medicaid expansion coverage. And so I wonder what you're hearing from your constituents in your district about the impact that this program and their ability to access health care has had in their lives. 
Well, I tell you what, the sense that I've gotten from the people that I represent in my district has been overwhelmingly expressing appreciation for what we've done to extend health care coverage to those folks who previously did not have it. And as a matter of fact, we are looking to try to expand that coverage to include dental care and also eye care. Uh, and so as we're moving forward to try to make sure that we get more and more people covered, we want to try to also make sure that we get more areas of health care covered as well. And I know you mentioned the governor's budget. I know also the governor uh, is looking to establish a state-based uh, benefits exchange here and looking at some other potential insurance reform programs as well. So uh, as we said, a lot on your docket this year. And so we're glad that you're in that position. Before we close, I don't want to, I know you've got to get back to committee to uh, have your bill come up. So we don't want to take too much of your time. Before we go, we will close with a question we ask all of our guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. It is one that is inspired by a popular BBC program. And Senator Lucas, the question is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you? We will spot you a copy of the Bible. So other than that, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself occupied? And you said, and you said, what the other than the Bible? Well, yes, we will spot you a copy of the Bible. Okay. All right. Prayer that availeth much. That's a book that I like quite a bit, and uh, which includes the prayer of Jabath. That would be one. Okay. And I'm thinking that um, I want to go back to one of my childhood books, but maybe I shouldn't do that one. Uh, that's going to be hard because because there's so many books that I like. But I tell you what, I recently saw for, of course, like many people, for the second or third time, the Hamilton. Shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. So mm-hmm. the Hamilton play, I think I'd like to take that take that with me. And then what about one movie and one album? The movie, Gone with the Wind. Okay. Album, Marvin Gaye makes me want to holler. Oh, make me want to holler the way they do my life. Okay, that is a classic. Well, listen, (laughs) those are all good choices, and I appreciate you sharing that with us and spending a few moments with us. We will let you get back into committee, and that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of Capital Report, a limited edition spinoff series of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you will know when new episodes are available. And again, thank you to our guest, Senator Louise Lucas, the chairwoman of the Education and Health Committee, and the Senate President Pro Tem for being with us today. Thank you, Senator. And I thank you for having me on your program, Julian. Absolutely. Our pleasure.